Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are entering the news vault from KCBS Radio. Flames and the smoke. I have a tape recorder in my hand. Now, nobody would think of doing that. The newsmen were blocking the door. It worked for a couple of seconds. Bringing the sounds of history back to life. Here is your host, Stan Bunger. And this time a real gem. This is one we stumbled across in the KCBS archives. Let's take you back to January of 1958. What you're going to hear is something most unusual. KCBS radio news editor Dick Leonard recording himself as he appeared as a witness in a San Francisco criminal trial. Now, noteworthy not just because a journalist had been called to testify, but also because Superior Court Judge Raymond Arada allowed him to record the proceedings themselves, and he was using a relatively new tool for radio reporters called a Mohawk Midget Tape audio recorder. I have to be honest, I've been in this business for a while, and I had never heard of a Mohawk Midget Tape until I began digging around after finding this gem. Now, what we have, and what you'll hear in moments, is from a reel-to-reel recording. It was actually dubbed from the original midget tape recording, and unfortunately, the reel-to-reel recording is not in good shape. The tape broke numerous times during playback. We did the best we could to assemble a listenable portion of it, and that's what you'll be hearing. But let's go back to the Mohawk Midget Tape. It was an early portable tape recorder brought out by a company called Mohawk Business Machines in the 1950s. It used a tape cassette. This is not the cassette that you may think of that you know came around and led to the mixtapes of the 80s and 90s. This did have quarter-inch tape in it. Now, quarter-inch tape is twice the width of what was in the cassette that Phillips introduced much later. Quarter-inch audio recording tape would be the same sort of audio recording tape that's on a reel-to-reel tape deck. And I think these either had 30 or 45-minute versions on each cassette on each side of the tape. The spools kind of sat on top of each other rather than side-by-side. You didn't have any fast-forward. You recorded it, and then when you were done, you had to do what people with old manual film cameras did back in the day. You rewound the tape with a little fold-out hand. There was a headphone jack on the Mohawk midget tape. There was a microphone. You could buy accessories. I think there was a a separate amplifier you could get. There was a little gadget that would let you record a telephone conversation, even a wristwatch microphone, and a leather bag with a hidden microphone in it to make it into sort of a spy recorder. The early versions used tubes. Later versions were fully transistorized, the Mohawk midget tape. Apparently, what happened here, as we can piece together from the testimony you'll hear in moments, was that Dick Leonard was out doing a story for Kate. CBS in San Francisco when some sort of crime occurred and he happened to be at the scene and captured something on his field recorder, that Mohawk midget tape, that led to apparently a subpoena and his appearance as a witness at a criminal trial. What is your full name? Richard Leonard. And uh, what is your occupation, Mr. Leonard? I am news editor, 
radio station KCBS. Now, Mr. Fleming, uh, at my request, did you phone me uh, concerning this case? I did, and also my immediate superior, Don Mosley. In other words, what I want to bring out before this court was that at my instigation that I call KCBS and arrange anything concerning uh, your appearance or your interest in this matter, or did you do this on your own? I made the arrangements with you on my own. Did I know that you were going to call? I doubt it very much, no. remember the approximate date when you phoned me? It was... Uh, no, I can't remember that date at all. I was going to say a day or two ahead of time, but I don't recall. Did you ask permission to be present whenever a cab, independent cab, would go into the yellow cab stand? Yes, I did. Did you ask permission to have a recording instrument at that time? Yes, sir, I did. And did I advise you that I would so let you know? That's correct, you did. Accordingly, did I so let you know? That's right. Were you uh, at the scene of this arrest December 2nd, 1957. I was. Were you seated in the yellow, in the cab of Mr. Peterson at the time that it drove into the yellow cab stand? Yes, sir. I was sitting beside Mr. Peterson in the did front you seat. Did recording instrument with you? I did. Now, did you at the time see the officer, uh, Lieutenant Frank and the accompanying officer come up to Mr. Peterson's cab? I did. Could you tell us approximately the conversation well, Peterson pulled into the cab zone. The lieutenant walked over. The sergeant was standing beside him. The lieutenant said something to the effect of Peterson, something of, uh, what are you doing in this stand? You know that this is not yours. And he said, I have a right to be here. I have been driving a cab for 27 years. I have a right to be here, as much of a right to pick up passengers here as anyone. Lieutenant says, you, have, you know that this is a yellow cab zone. This is not yours, that you have zones elsewhere in the city. Peterson said, that's right. Then my recollection is the lieutenant said, well, I, you know you're violating the law, and I'm going to have to give you a ticket. And Peterson said, yes. He said, if I offer you this ticket, will you sign it? And Peterson said, no, I will not. And he said, then, you know, I have no other alternative than to book you. Peterson said, yes, or something to that effect. Yes, I know that. Peterson asked to be arrested and put into in restraint by the police department. Not in my presence. And at any time in your presence, did Peterson ever say, well, take me into custody, or let's all right, let's go? No, Any words to that effect? Not in my presence, no. And were you at all times sitting right in the cab next to Mr. Peterson? That's right. I was there just prior, I arrived just prior to the time that the cab was around the corner, and I left the cab uh, here at the Hall of Justice. And? After the arrest was made. You accompanied, did you, Mr. Peterson, from the scene of the arrest to the Hall of Justice? That's correct. And I was in the cab also? You and the sergeant. I walked over to Mr. Peterson in his cab in front of the Palace Hotel just before he turned the corner. And uh, you've been notified by Mr. Lewis to be there at that time? I had been told by Mr. Lewis that the cab would be in that 
place sometime, in that stand sometime around 10 o'clock. I'm in the news business, yes. News reporter and editor. Not as far as I'm concerned. We are in the news business, not publicity. I said, I'm Dick Leonard from KCBS News. I want to ride with you around the corner here to the yellow cab zone. I have a tape recorder here in my hand. I'm going to tape record the conversation that takes place. I said, I'm going to use it on broadcasts, on newscasts, period. Six months ago, period. There was no evidence here about any six months ago, period. I think that uh, that has slipped in, and an answer there would assume that it was six months. I think that should be called. Reframe the question, then. Well, did Mr. Lewis initiate the uh, writing that was used? No, he did not. It. Uh, the story was uh, was given to me as an assignment to uh, that this was going to happen in the future. My boss, Mosley. That I don't know, but I believe that uh, he made contacts with Mr. Lewis. Yeah, Mr. Lewis called up KCBS and said we're going to have uh, something that will give uh, a lot of publicity to uh, me and the cab business and uh, be there and make a recording of it. Not to my knowledge, it didn't. Well, that's what happened, wasn't it? Not to my knowledge. Well, you made a recording of it. I did. That's correct. That doesn't follow that I have an answer. Well, you have some objection to the questions. I have. What's the objection? I'm merely making the objection that the questions are argumentative. They don't necessarily follow. He's saying to the witness, well, he's arguing with me. Well, Mr. Lewis, uh, it was broadcast, wasn't it? And uh, uh, you did use this on the radio. That doesn't follow that uh, because he did that, but I had anything to do with the radio. The court has to draw those conclusions. This is argumentative. That's my objection. Objection is overruled. Have you the tape No, sir, I do not have. No, I don't have. In fact, uh, we have uh, since used, uh, erased that tape recording that was made there. Remember to follow the News Vault from KCBS Radio on social media. On Facebook, we're at News Vault Podcast. On Twitter, find us at News Vault SF. On Instagram, we're at News Vault. Until our next episode, you are leaving the News Vault from KCBS Radio. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.